Blog Talk Radio. the Thursday show. How's everybody today? Hope you're having fun. So we're going to get into a couple topics that I kind of think are cool and and interesting. And you might not think it's spiritual at first, but they are kind of spiritually related in one way or another, because it's about how you live your life. Okay, what are you doing with your life? What are you doing? And part of it is sprung out from the attitude, well, a little bit from this idea that, oh, I do a lot of psychic work, and I've done that for years and years. And, you know, and I talk to people, a couple things, you know, I guess the dynamic duo in talking to people are, first of all, I need a boyfriend or girlfriend. And my relationship, am I going to get a new relationship? When am I going to get my new relationship? And the second is, when am I going to get a job? When am I getting a new job? I got a job. I hate my job. So when am I going to get a new job? So the, those are the two things that people seem to be focused on. They don't want to know about health, but I'm not, you know, I don't talk about health, even though I'm kind of a medical intuitive at some level. Um, yeah, if you're interested, that, that that's kind of a fun topic for me. And, and I also like to talk to dead people. If I, and I'm, this is not a plug for what I do, but I love to talk to dead people. I love to get messages from your ancestors. That takes a little bit of pressure off me because I'm not giving you anything other than what your great-grandmother had to say about what's going on in your life. So to me, talking to dead people is really fun. So that's not the topic today. But, okay, so it's the topic is really about taking a breath or being idle for a period of time, the value of being idle. And if I don't get to all of this, then we'll do more of this on Friday, tomorrow. Yeah, it's about – and then the other one is four things you focus on. Or should you focus on? Or what do you focus on? And, and really narrowing it down to four things in your life. Because we have, in a very busy society, we're, we have a lot of things going on and all the time. So what are the four most important things in your life that you want to focus on? Yeah, and this is taken from a book by Mike Dooley. The name of the book is Playing the Matrix, a Program for Living Deliberately and Creating Creating Consciously, Mike Dooley. So if you know who Mike Dooley is, he was in The Secret, and and I saw him in a workshop one time, and I read a couple of his books. Very interesting material. So check it out, and it's the plug for Mike, okay? But in the, in the book, he talks about four things he loves to do or that are most important to him. And I thought, well, this is kind of interesting. What are the four things that are really important for you in your life? Okay? And I'll give you an example. Mike in his book, the four things he likes to do. A writing. Okay, like books. Okay, writing, books. Okay, cool. These are things he's drawn to. So what are you drawn to? If you're in the chat room, if you're calling, let, let me let me set this up a little bit more, and then you can kind of express yourselves because I like to get you engagement in, in, in this. And then Mike talked about speaking, 
giving public lectures. That's what he's drawn to. That's kind of what excites him and gets him going. It took him a long time to get there, but he's into it, right? Accounting, because he was a CPA. So accounting is a natural draw, you know, numbers, accounting, kind of an analytical side. So he gets into both sides of the brain. He gets that analytical left brain stuff and then the right brain stuff of the creative stuff. So are you using both sides of your brain, really? So if you think about things you'd love to do, and things that are you're drawn to, are there some left brain and right brain stuff? And I'm just kind of throwing that out there, right? And irrigation repair. <laughs> you would think that's kind of crazy based on the other three, but that's something he's naturally drawn to. You know, he likes to go out in the garden and fix the, you know, the pipes and you know the plastic and the, you know, I used to do that for a while. That was kind of interesting, fixing pipes like that. You know, the little glue and the thing and whatever. Okay, so it's fun. So that's four things. Now, I was thinking about my four things. Well, I guess number one on my list is inspiring other people. And and then that would be like through podcasts or writing. So I would just say inspiring other people to and then, and I can put that in a spiritual context of inspiring po- other people to live from higher consciousness. The greater part of themselves. And then there's ways of doing that, obviously. And we'll talk a little bit about that in the articles. And, and the other side, the other section is the value of taking your breath or being idle. Idleness is the devil's workshop. No, it's not. Okay, we'll get past that. And so I have this inspiring other people. But I love, I love stories. Okay, I love stories. Especially detective story. I love stories of all kinds. I, I'm a sto- I'm drawn to stories, whatever kind of stories they are, you know, in books and TV and movies. I just love stories because I love the human element or the human psychology that stories pouring out. So I'm a big story person. You know, some people I spend time just I could watch great stories, great writing, all day long, or read a book. You know, I read a lot of nonfiction and fiction. I like fiction stories because I like stories. So I could say that stories are number two on my list of things that I love. And I love history, history and science, and I'll lump them together because I just find that the the inventiveness of society, the that creativeness of society turns me on. Okay, creativity, I guess when you put that into creativity. And, that would, and that's sports. Okay, sports, love sports. And there's a... And there's reasons for it. Baseball, football, American football, that is. Some degree basketball. I guess I just like people who are able to use their bodies in ways that I could never imagine. Like a great golfer could hit whole, you know, consistently shoot 68 to 72 on a golf course. Or play tennis at the level that people play tennis. Or snow ski, you know, downhill skiing. I just kind of fascinated by that. You know, I've played most sports in my life and never anything at that level of proficiency. I was pretty good at tennis at one point and decent at golf and could ski. I could do parallel with my skis. I was I always wanted to snowboard though. That was my obsession. I used to surf as a kid, skateboard way back when skateboards were not quite what they are now. Yes, I guess those would be the four elements of my life that I'm drawn to, the inspiration of helping other people, inspiring other people to raise their consciousness, and, and then stories. I love stories, okay? So that's my four. So what are your four? What are the four areas of your life that you're drawn to? 
you know, I guess I left off gardening. Eh, it's okay. Eh, you know, like, eh. <laughs> so it's interesting how we have things that we're drawn to. So creativity is probably one of my favorite things is creativity. Creative endeavors. I love creative endeavors, whatever that might be. Okay? Now, being creative is writing for me. Okay, that's that's a creative element. Inspiring people could Okay, what we're we're done playing with that. So what are your four things if you're with me today? Think about it, write them down. I would say brainstorm on this. Just start writing down things that you that you're drawn to that you like in your life. Now this could give you a little bit of an idea of what you want to do in the future, your purpose. Because if you start brainstorming and start writing things down, you know, I like to garden. Um, I love to garden. I love to play, you know, I love to skydive. What are the four things? And Mike is really general, like writing, speaking, accounting, irrigation, repair. So what do you love? Okay. You like being a mechanic. You love tinkering on cars or you love knitting or whatever it is. What are those four things that you go back to that you, they kind of go, ah, I get to do this today. After work, oh, I get to do this. Maybe it is watching television, you know, but I don't know if that's the most creative, but it can be, obviously. So you go through the list, write down about 10 or 15 of them or 20 of them, and and then, then just start to narrow it down and start to prioritize the A, Bs, and Cs. And when you get all the A's, and see if you can get down the A's to four. And then you can focus your life on, yeah, how can I use all those? in the marketplace how can i use those four things to make a living like mike well irrigation repair is his break and how he gets away from the stress and so forth of his life right but accounting is something he knows he understands and the the analytical line the number mine helps him in business because there's a business aspect of being a writer and public speaker right and seminar giver <laughs> And then there's the speech. He loves the public speaking. He learned to love it and do it. And then the writing, of course, because he's written all these books. So think about that. What are the four things that you love to do that you're drawn to? And and he talks about in his book that the idea that the ultimate goal in the four things, the ultimate goal in everything we do is to be happy. Happiness is it. So what you're doing is it drawing you to being happy? Are you feeling happy? Or does it take away from your happiness? Now, go back to what I was talking about earlier about this, this law of attraction and people asking for stuff. And, you know, people tell me all the time, well, I do all those things. You know, I visualize. I got my vision board. I blah, 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 blah. I've done all the little things and nothing ever happens. Well, there's a timing issue, of course. You know, the universe has to align all the cooperative components in your life to bring that Mr. Wonderful in your life or that brand new job. But what people forget and the aspect of that is feeling good, good emotions. You can have all the great intentions in the world and, and, and visualize and put it out there and do the vision boards and walk the, you know, blah, 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 right? If your emotions are not in alignment with that, if you're, if you're carrying into that visualization a negative emotion, a negative feeling, you know, if you're worrying while you're doing it, you've negated the whole thing. You might as well just forget it. You're not going to get it. You have to be feeling good to get what you want. Okay? 
You have to feel good. You have to be in the state of appreciation, joy, love, inspiration. You have to feel your heart has to be lifted up and feeling really, really, really good while you're doing the exercises. So you can fake it till you make it on that one. If you're if you're putting it out to the universe, I want a new partner. And you're feeling kind of, uh, never happened to me. It's never not happening. Oh, will it ever happen to me? And you're putting it out there. And you've just negated the whole process. So what you need, what you think you should, what you should be doing, and that should is a big word here, because what would work and help you to get there is when you get into those visualizations or that vision board, is feel good. Be happy. Think about something that you love. Think about the four things that you love to do and then put it out there. So you get your heart all warmed up and you get joy flowing in your body and you're feeling joyful and happy and oh, then you put it out to the universe. So that's, that's the reverse of what most people do. You pray to God, oh, God, bring me a boyfriend. Go, oh God, do this. That, man, you're, you're just, you're, you're now, you're, <laughs> that's not going to work. Eventually, you'll meet somebody, and you'll probably recycle what you had from the past. You'll probably find a new one just like the old one, or you'll get a job that you're, you know, this is okay, but it's not what I, you know, I want to be doing, right? So feel joy while you're asking. Feel happy while you're asking. I know that takes a little bit of work, and the natural tendency is to ask while you're miserable, it's a natural tendency. Oh, it's me. My job's only paying me and I want to be making, you know, no, stop. Start appreciating things. Find things to appreciate. Get in a joyful state of appreciation. Then they ask the universe, I want more. I want, I want a beautiful person to appreciate. Okay. I want somebody I connect with vibrationally to appreciate. I want a job where I can use all my talents and abilities, blah, blah, blah. Be general. Don't be so specific. You know, I'm on dating sites some, and I get frustrated with it. But I find, and I don't know about what men put on theirs, but I'm sure we're, we're as bad as women in this one. Because we don't ask for a mad, because people don't ask for their soulmate. They don't ask for a vibrational match. They don't ask for someone who's consciously aligned with them who they have share values and interests and who somebody that has a great sense of humor. Those are all asked. But then they turn around and go, he has to be 5'11 to 6'4. What if the universe has a great person for you, but they're not quite the height that you want, right? Now, there's certain preferences. You have preferences. But, you know, if you get into that detailed preference list, on a relationship. I know I'm going off the tracks here a little bit, but these are little things that I find along the way that contradict what we want to get because we get too specific about what we want. Blah, blah, blah. We get way too specific. And what happens is we kind of rule out really, really, really good people or a really, really good job because we're way too specific. Be general. I want somebody who I'm in a vibrational alignment with. And as spirit would say, I want somebody that I have a contract to meet with, meet with, meet in this life for a romantic relationship. That's all you have to ask. 
you don't have to ask for the, the guy that's six two, you know, blah blah blah, certain age. You know, be have preferences, but let the universe sort out your preferences. They know what you like, okay? But maybe there's this ideal person that doesn't quite line up to your specific 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 preferences that would really be great. Let the universe do it. Let them bring you somebody. And go feel good about it. Don't be depressed. Depression never brings somebody great into your life, never brings that great job, that great opportunity. Sometimes you just have to surrender and let go. And don't overanalyze. And that's a little bit we're going to talk about is this idea of the value of taking a breath, being idle. And it's a scientific thing and a spiritual thing. Um, you know what? Before I jump into that, I'm going to let my spirit guides talk to you because I always like them to talk. And if I don't get to this topic about taking a breath, we'll do it tomorrow. And while I let them talk to you for a few minutes about this general topic, what we're talking about today, the, the things that focus on in life, and then we'll get to the other part, the value of taking a breath, being idle. Not Eric. <laughs> you know who Eric Idle is, Monty Python, all that sort of fun stuff, right? He's got a book out, so I think they've, he's been on these talk shows lately. It's funny, every time somebody writes a book or does a movie, you can finally get to hear about them. Not that they're not having an interesting life before that. Okay. So I'm going to go away for a few minutes, let my spirit group talk to you about what's going on on this particular topic or whatever they want to talk about. The Sarah group is a group of non-physical entities who come in and out of the group and based on the topic, so there's no specific personality. Sarah is just the name they gave the group. Okay? I think it was a sense of humor in that because of the Abraham thing. They thought, ah, we'll pick Sarah because that's kind of a fun name and it's kind of along the same line as Abraham name. Okay. I think. I don't, maybe I'll ask them that. Okay. Let me let me go away now for a few minutes. Let them talk to you. Uh, we like the feminine aspect of our presentation. That's probably why we picked the name Sarah, because it presents a kind of a more feminine, nurturing, creative energy that we present to you. It, it takes away from the authoritarian. Abraham, when you think about it, you think about the nation of Israel, and you think about the, you know, the, the, the authoritarian father figure. Well, we're not that. Now, of course, we have that element in, in, in our group. We have that, but it's really about creativity. It's about inspiring you to be more creative. It's inspiring you to follow your goals and dreams and your aspirations in life, to live a positive life, to live a life connected to source energy, source being God. You know, you, we understand. I think you've listened to us enough by now to know that when we say source, we're, cre we're talking about the creative mind, the absolute creativity of all the universe, the, the energy of where everything came from. You call it God. But, so source is the source of all, the source of love. Okay, the source of creativity, the source of joy, the source of all these positive elements. Now, you've taken some positive elements as humans and you've kind of twisted them around and, and, and your fear, okay, your fear, which you developed early in your process, and we've talked about that, how fear came about. 
fear is a natural part of your society. You need fear at some level, right? We've talked about that. But you take fear and you place it in certain areas of your life where you should never be fearful, where you lack trust. Lack of trust leads to fear. Think about that. Because if you trust the universe, source, God, fully, 100% all the time, then there is really no need for fear other than, you know, that guy with a gun down the street, person chasing you with a gun, now there's fear. Okay, but that, that's, that's, that's an element of fear, of driving off a cliff. That fear is, keeps you in check. It keeps you safe. There are certain elements of fear that keep you safe from doing stupid things, right? You understand that. But other fears are irrational fears, fears of things that may never happen in your life, right? Fears of things that could possibly happen but never will happen. And, and so you put a lot of emphasis on those fears where the only fears that are relevant in your life are fears that are in the present moment. Think about that. Fears that live in the present moment and in, in the now are things to be aware of. For example, you know, walking in a neighborhood where people are gun-toting, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that kind of environment, or fear of driving too fast in a mountain road. Okay, that's, that's a... That's, a legitimate fear. And there's a lot of others that you could use your, you know, why don't you get too deep into that imagination of scaring yourself in situations. And you like to be scared. You watch horror movies all the time. You're always into horror movies. You know it's not real, but it gets that adrenaline, and you become adrenaline junkies. You go on scary rides and fast, thrilling rides because you like to get your adrenaline up because you just like that energy. And if you can carry that energy to some degree to other aspects, but you become burnt out by too much adrenaline, you know that. You understand that. So that wasn't why George asked us to talk to you. He asked you had to talk about the idea that narrowing down your interests a little bit. Now that goes into our little section that he's going to talk about by idleness or taking a breath or just relaxing and not doing anything. If you're going to do anything, you know, he talks about multitask, trying to spread yourself out too thin, trying to spread your out. You know, it's that added to that. If you, if you, if you try a master of a, a tinkerer at many, but never a master of any, anything in particular. So focus your life. If you can focus your life down on four areas of your life, you can really put your focus into it. You can put your concentration into those. Now, you know, we use four, and it's kind of an arbitrary. It could be five. It could be six. Yeah, but these these things have to be of of great value to you. You gravitate to them at the end of the day. And we're not talking about having a beer at the end of the day. Well, that may be your pleasure. That might be your escape, which is okay. But we're not talking about having a beer or smoking a joint at the end of the day. That We're talking about activities that you get excited. Now, is it going out in the garage and tinkering with your wood, you know, in your tools and, and building something? Is that what you get excited about? You know, he talked about that, that author, you know, thing about working in the garden and, and irrigation systems. That's just a way of something expressing himself, a way of expressing yourself. How do you express yourself? What, what, do you, what are you gravitating to? Now, 
some are more productive than others. Now, you could be a big sports fan and following a certain team or a certain city. Now, that may not translate into an occupation, or it may. You know, you might be so ingrained that you could be selling jerseys for a sports team. Well, that's just something you love, and you're going to sell these, you're going to create and sell these jerseys related to a sports team, or you're going to go out and sell these things and market these things because that's what you love to do is marketing. So the two work together. You, you love marketing and you love sports. So market sports items, right? You love marketing. You love selling. Some people love selling. So what are you selling? What are you selling? We're, we're giving you examples. So think about four areas, four things that you love to do that you're gravitated toward to, towards on an everyday basis. Now, George, our host here, he was given the mission of sharing with humanity, helping people, sharing with people. And that's what he's driven to do. He can't help it. He'll read something and he'll share it with people that are kind of like, oh, really? Here he goes again. You know, so, but that's what he loves to do is share and inspire other people through information. He could be negative about it and he could present negative ideas, but that's not what we had in mind here. We want things that are positive. They have a positive influence upon yourself, things that feel really good. Why politics can be kind of a negative thing to be harping on all the time, spending a lot of time dealing. You might love politics, but how can you spin politics or present politics from a positive point of view, from a positive energy? I know we're going a little off track here, but think about it. If whatever you that those things that you're focusing on, let's say it's politics, you love politics and you like to engage, how can you do it in a way that's positive? How can you do it in a way that puts out a positive energy? Maybe you have solutions, political solutions that are positive. So you want to focus on that, focusing on solution and not problem. Think about that for a moment. Anything you do, any of those areas of your life that you focus on, how can you do it that focuses on a positive solution versus a problem? If you focus too much on the problem, you're never going to get a solution, right? So you have to focus on solution. You have to be open to solution. You have to, oh, yeah, that's a solution. I love that. I'm going to put that out there. I got a solution to the problem. Oh, cool. I'm going to put it out there. Politics, whatever else in your life, right? You get engaged in, let's say, cooking. You got a problem. How am I going to cook this? So you find solution. You're open to solution. And that's why these two topics kind of come together. We'll, we'll, we'll touch a little bit on that second topic. of. We'll get more into it perhaps tomorrow about the second topic because it would be fun to discuss this in more detail. That if you have a problem, you can research and you can spend a lot of time trying to come up with solutions, but if you don't know what the solution is and you don't know how to get the solution, maybe you shouldn't let go. You know, it's like that thing about meeting somebody. You just should let go. Let go. Take some time off. Take a breath. Do something fun. Do something. Be idle for a while. Don't, don't focus on any particular topic. Don't focus on any particular thing. Do something that you love to do. Take a walk in nature, right? Go breathe. Ah, meditate. Just relax. Don't, don't, and, then, and then be open for solution. If you can distance yourself from the problem and find something that you love to do, then you'll get a solution. Because then you allow your mind, and we'll talk more about this tomorrow, 
then you allow allow the mind to open up to the processes, but not just the mind, because, you know, George has some scientific thoughts on this and the mind and how it works and the brain and how it works and how you process and how you get information and, and solutions. But we would say from the, once you pull away from the problem, then you allow source to fill that space, that space, that idleness with solution, to bring you to solution, to guide you to solution. You get the, aha, I got it. I know what I'm supposed to do. Aha. Oh, yeah, I should look up this article. I remember this article I was reading. Maybe that will give me a solution. Aha. And then synchronicity will take place. Okay? Give it space. Open up to possibilities. Just don't get closed off. And synchronicity will take place. You'll get drawn to an article. You'll see something in a magazine. You'll see something in a book. You're at a bookstore. Just rummaging around, no particular reason to be there or online and looking at books. And you go, aha, that sounds like it's a solution. And you, something will trigger it inside you and go, yeah, I've got to look at that. i got to read that. Or i got to look at that. Or i got to talk to this person. Oh, yeah, i got to call this friend of mine who has always had really great ideas. So think about that. Allow yourself to be open. Allow your consciousness to be open to solution and not focus on the problem so much. Okay, we're, we're out of time. Well, we'll talk more about this tomorrow because I think George is going to cover the second half of this about just being idle, just chilling out, relaxing. Don't, don't, you don't have to be busy. There's no reason to be busy all the time. Thank you for listening. We love you guys. We do. We love all of you. We want to see all of you prosper, have what you want in life. So thank you for listening. Bye. Okay, that was my spirit guides. They were fun. Yes, they're always fun. So we'll do that tomorrow. We'll take. We'll talk about this thing about the value of taking a breath, about being idle, both both from a scientific and also from a spiritual point of view. What's the value of just doing nothing? Absolutely nothing. And we'll get into that a little bit more tomorrow. So thank you for listening. Be be well. Love you. Bye.